0: Um so if you can be praying for that and maybe Chris if he's got his trigger figure on the mute if I'm going for my elbow it's going to be full on okay <clears throat> All right anyway my name's Andrew um other, otherwise known as Drew okay just to save confusion and I'm one of the elders here um and it's my absolute blessing um and privilege to to open up God's word with us this morning um And isn't it a blessing to be uh, led by um, people that are gifted by God to lead us in worship this morning and every Sunday morning, um, to to be led, uh, to lead our hearts and our heads to a place where we can uh, worship our Lord and Saviour collectively, isn't that a blessing? Rightio, so we're going to be looking at partners this morning. Um, The role of partners and if you're new here, you've been coming for a little while and you haven't heard partners before, Um, basically in a nutshell, partnership here at the Bundaberg Bible Church is uh, like you might be familiar with membership at other churches, okay, Um, or membership, say you've got membership at um, your local leagues club or Spotlight or BCF, okay, those sort of memberships come with benefits. You join to get discounts and things like that. Um, So, about a year ago, we moved from membership to calling it partnership. Um, And because we want to just give it more um, oomph by saying we we want our church members to partner with us for the sake of the gospel. Okay, so that's what partnership means. And um, as we work through this morning, Lord willing, we together, we will see that Um, functions of the local church this morning are actually roles of partners, okay? Um, So, uh, and and that makes sense, doesn't it? Because um, this building, is it the church? Is this building the church? No, it's not. The church is the gathered people, okay? So, we could meet uh, across the street over in that cane field, and we would still be the church okay, and more specifically it 's the gathered believers okay those that are in christ given their uh, given their lives to jesus uh, and and we are working together for one purpose, and that is to live and present the good news of the gospel Rightio, a key passage that we 're going to be uh, working through this morning is romans twelve four to six and then we're just going to be bouncing around um, <clears throat> the Bible to, um, to support um, biblically the ideas and things that I'm going to present this morning. Because it is absolutely critical that any of my thoughts or ideas or desires, uh, they've got to come from the Word. They've got to come from the Word of God. Uh, because if it's just from my mouth and my head, it is absolutely worthless and uh, you can throw it in the bin. Uh, so let's just pray together before we hook into it. Father God, we just want to uh, thank you and praise you again for gifting, uh, gifting the members of this church uh, in ways that uh, build us up to grow us into spiritual maturity and lead us to a better relationship with you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just want to ask that uh, this morning uh, this message is... It is your words, Lord, I'm just uh, presenting your words for your people here this morning. So we just want to humble ourselves before you this morning, uh, and we want to hear from you, and Lord, uh, we want to be changed and transformed by uh, the renewing of our minds through Jesus, uh, but we want to grow in the knowledge of your word. Uh, So we just want to ask for this in your precious name, amen. Radio Romans 12, uh, starting from verse 4. Um, I have got them all, Jerome's going to have them all up on the slide, so if you don't want to turn, they'll be up there. For as one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Um, now, I'm going to start by, and it's kind of weaved right through this message, is, is we've got to establish uh, the global or universal church versus the local church, okay? Um, and so, uh, that's kind of scattered right throughout this message, okay? Just looking at both, not saying that one's wrong over the other, but they both have different roles. Um, So, let's highlight a few key words here in Romans 12 um, that's going to help define uh, who it's referring to and uh, how it relates to us here today. So, verse 4 and 5, we see things like uh, one body, many members, individual members, one of another, okay, and one body in Christ, a few key phrases there. So, one body, many members. If we go to the first slide there, Jerome, to help us sort of get a mind picture of what we're talking about, the members of the body equal the body parts, okay? So, the hands, the feet, the, the eyes, the ears, okay? All those members coming together make up the body, okay? You can't, you can't have a fully functioning body... Without all of its members, can you okay that 's the picture that we 're looking at, and then the church equals the body, okay next slide. so the body equals the church uh, but but when we talk about the church, okay, who are we actually referring to when we when we say the church? okay are we talking about the global universal body of Christ, which is all believers all over the world, okay, anybody in any country, on any continent that gives their life to Christ, they accept Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, are immediately added to the body of Christ universally. Uh, Ephesians one twenty two says, and He put all things... "...under his feet, being Jesus, and gave him as head over all to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all." And Ephesians 3.10 also says, "...so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God may now be made known to the rulers and authorities of the heavenly places." Okay, this gives us a clear picture of global body, okay, global body of believers. Now, in Romans 12, if we want to just hone in on one word, it says we, okay, it doesn't say all, for, for as one body, we have many members, okay, we, we don't all have the same function, um, we here in Rome, Paul's saying, we don't all have the same function. We're many members, but one body. Okay, we, we here in 400 Begara Road, Bundaberg Bible Church, uh, we're not all hands. Okay, which then would, would mean that we'd have to go partner with uh, Fitzgerald Street Baptists because they're all feet. And um, and then collectively we've got to go partner with Oakwood because they're all eyes. No, it's not that at all. Okay, we here are many, but one in Christ. Um, so Paul's Paul's uh, in verse tw- uh, sorry chapter twelve here. Um, you know, Paul's saying we are we here in Rome are many, but we are one in Christ. And individually here, we are members one of another, okay? It gives us this more intimate picture of togetherness. Uh, we're all, hey, we're all here, we're all one in Christ, but we here, we are, I'm in you, you're in me, and we are serving together with the gifts God has given us to help the, the, the body function and grow into maturity. We are the local expression of the body of Christ. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1-2, to the church that is in Corinth, Okay, specifically the church in Corinth. But then it goes on to say, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Clear distinction, local and universal. Um, it, it's just amazing, isn't it, that we can, we can jump on a plane and go from here to another country in the world and we can worship with brothers and sisters in Christ in a totally different country. Uh, and the reason this is so important to establish, okay, universal church versus local church is because there, f- there are functions of the local church that, uh, that can't be or would be impossible for the all-in-Christ-Jesus global church, okay? So, this morning I am putting effort into debunking this idea that hey, I am I'm a Christian. I am in Christ. I am part of the global body, and that's all I need to function. Um, because that that is an unbiblical view of membership. That it and at best it is actually sinful when you really look at God's word. Uh, So, Lord willing, we would start to see that uh, how functions of the local church uh, will mesh together with partnership here in our church. Uh, So, uh, three points that we're going to be looking at is the function of uh, church discipline. Uh, Second, our call to submit to leadership and one another. And third, our unity in the body as members. Okay, so church discipline... It's really one area that doesn't get talked about that often. Um, And the reality is, who actually likes discipline? Hands up. Who loves discipline? We've got one. Well done. Uh, Discipline in in this? Are we talking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's what we're looking for. But discipline as in, you know, harsh. You want to be... um, well, we, yeah, you're right, we should be, want to be disciplined, but who actually loves it? Uh, who loves dishing it out? Uh, you, honestly, you'd have to be some sort of narcissist or dictator to just say, oh, I love dishing out discipline. It's just not going to happen. It is not enjoyable. And and so, church discipline is something that uh, is... is Is probably always acknowledged or often acknowledged, but also often avoided by church leadership to a degree, okay? Um, Because the reality is it is confronting, it's uncomfortable, and it, it is always painful for everybody involved, including leadership. But when it is done correctly, it brings restoration. Okay, between brothers and sisters and Christ, and, and it ultimately glorifies God. Uh, so, let's have a quick look at the function of church discipline, and we find that in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother, praise the Lord. But if he does not listen, take it to one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. In other words, let him be to you as a non-believer, okay? serious stuff. But God in His wisdom has given us this clear process of dealing with conflict and sin in the life of the local church. Now, I'm sure we can all think of times that we've been um, offended by somebody just in this church body, right? And I'm going to suggest that ninety five percent or even less than that probably um, these things can these things would be unintentional unintentional offense and it can be really easily rectified with a quick phone call a catch up for coffee uh, or a catch up at church here this morning and a really quick example of this is uh, actually between myself and Claire, okay? I asked Claire if it's okay if I share this. I think it's a good little snippet as to how this works. And about a month ago, um, Claire wanted to come to our uh, home group just to try and see our Bible study group, right? So, she came along Friday night and, um, and then I caught up with her the following Sunday to see, you know, how, how did you go? Is our group the right fit for you? Anyway, she very politely said, no, I don't think your group's right for me. No offence taken, okay, none at all. That's what coming and trying and seeing is all about. But then she went on to give a few reasons why, and this is where the miscommunication happened, um, because somebody else kind of come along into our conversation while we're halfway through. Right when Claire started to say something about, uh, along the lines of, Uh, your group doctrinally is not really what I'm looking for. And and because that other person turned up, we sort of just wrapped up the conversation and it was left at that. Well, I'll tell you what, that Sunday night, I had the worst night's sleep, racking my brain thinking, what on earth did we say that Claire didn't agree with doctrinally? And I was just wrestling with it and I thought, look, I've just got to ring Claire and clarify you know, what was it that she didn't agree with? Anyway, as it turned out, she actually beat me to the phone call um, because she just felt within herself, I don't, I, potentially that came across really bad. And um, so we had a laugh about it and um, clarified that it had nothing to do with a doctrinal disagreement whatsoever. But you can see how so easily uh, miscommunication can, can bring about division and resentment and and it could lead to bitterness um so restoration you know relationships maintained unity is maintained um but it just easily happens so let's have a look at it it, we go a bit further into that five percent if it's not resolved one-on-one it gets a little bit more involved we're going to take two or three witnesses um build a case present the sin to to this person and this is where the elders would get involved. Uh, But if that doesn't work, verse 17 says, uh, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. Okay, which raises the question, who is the church? Who is it that as elders we would bring such a sensitive process of church discipline to? Because essentially, when it comes to that stage, we are asking the church to essentially, do we excommunicate this person from the church? In other words, do we put them out of the church and hand them back over to the world so that they are then to us as an unbeliever? And the process through that whole process is to win that person back to Christ. That is the That is the point of the process. So, for this function, um, we would bring a matter of church discipline to the partners of this church. Um, Because I think that you would agree with me, it would be completely inappropriate, unwise and insensitive to everybody involved if we brought a matter of church discipline to this gathering here this morning if we want to call this the church, okay? Because the reality is, Sunday mornings, we have first-time visitors. Uh, We've potentially got people coming here exploring Christianity, trying to work out, how does Jesus fit into my life? And you can only imagine how awkward it would be for those new-time people to, to be confronted with somebody's dirty laundry, so to speak. And, and, and that we would expect them to have a say in, in whether we put that person out of the church, it, it's just not, it's, it's not the way it would function. And so that role is for the partners. Um, and it would be completely understandable if those people never came back to this church because of that experience. Um, now, if you are a universalist, okay? The only church is the universal body. Um, And church discipline was up to the universal body. This is how, to me, it would have to look something like this, right? Completely unbiblical scenario right here. Um, We've got a a pastor in Mumbai, right? And for, for whatever reason, he sees something on Kelvin's Facebook page that he deems a sin. Now, we know this is Made up story because Kelvin doesn't even know what Facebook is. But sorry, I had to. I had to. But this pastor sees something that he deems as sin and so he jumps on Direct Messenger using Google Translate to say to Kelvin, Brother, I've seen this stuff on your Facebook page. We think it's sin. I've showed it to a few other people and we're going to have to put you out of the church. Okay? It's, it's just not, it doesn't work that way, does it? It doesn't, it doesn't sound right. It's not going to function that way. And if we go to, to our second point, which is the function of um, submitting, submitting to leadership, um, or, or probably a better word actually is um, our call to submit, not a function. Um, the reality is Kelvin is not going to submit to the authority of the pastor in Mumbai, is he? It's just not the way it works. So, as Christians, we are called, directed and instructed by God to submit to the eldership, okay, or submit to the pastors, submit to the leadership of your local church. 1 Thessalonians 5.12 says, we ask you, brothers, to uh, respect those who labour among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Okay, so we've got respecting, we've got honouring our leaders, our church leaders that labour among you, um, which which gives us a, you know, it's local, they're labouring among you. It gives us a... Um, a really beautiful picture also of servant leadership okay we 're in there we 're getting hands dirty Serve, servant leadership like Jesus, uh, but then they have authority over you in the Lord. so as elders here, we want to work side by side with you serving Jesus but also we have a responsibility to be over you in the Lord and to admonish you, which is to simply uh, instruct you, to guide you, to gently correct you as we journey together in Jesus. And as elders, we primarily do that with God's Word. Okay, with the authority of God's Word, that is what we do. Second Timothy three. Uh, 16 tells us, all Scripture, okay, this book here, all Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness so that the men of God may be complete, okay, not half done. There's nothing else that you need but God's Word to be complete, And equipped for every good work. Not just some good works, every good work. This is God's authority for us here today. And Lord willing, from this stage or pulpit, you would never ever hear anybody tell you that God told me to tell you X, Y, Z. Unless it is from this book. Okay, yeah, amen to that. Uh, because God is not writing this book today through people. This is it. It completes us and it is good for equipping us in every good work. Okay, let's go a step further and a bit deeper, I think, in Hebrews thirteen seventeen, where it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them. There it is, black and white. And the reason why is because they are keeping watch over your souls as those who, are, who will have to give an account. Man, that is full on. Did you hear that? Those who will have to give an account. I don't know if you feel the weight of that like I do. I want to know who it is that I have to stand up before God Almighty and I have to give an account for. Acts 20, 28 is is Paul to the Ephesian elders and he says to them, elders, pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to take care of the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. We've got that imagery of the whole flock, and I don't think it's fair to say that I, Kelvin, Steve, or Sam, have to stand up and give an account for the universal church. First Peter says, 1 Peter 5.2 says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. So who, it, who is it that we bear such a responsibility for. And I've got to be completely honest. My selfish, okay, my selfish sin nature really badly wants to say it's our partners. (laughs) Because it makes it black and white. For me, for my head, I don't know, Kelvin might be different but it makes it black and white. I can come before God and roll out the ream of paper that has all these signatures and I say to God, here it is. Here they are, the people that were willing um, with a signature to say that I'm going to submit to Drew and Steve. I'm going to submit to this leadership. I'm going I'm to obey and I'm going to tithe and I'm going to serve this body. Can I just make it really clear that that desire is completely ungodly and unbiblical and does not in any way reflect our desire as eldership. It is not the purpose or desire for partnership in this church. So, how do we define who it is? Who is it? Well, it has to come down to point three our unity in the body. <clears throat> Universe, uh, 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 unity in the body and not universally, okay? Not not unit, unity in the universal body, but the local expression of the body of Christ gathered here at 400 Bagara Road but not limited to, okay? We have home groups meeting throughout the week under the authority of this eldership. Uh, So, again, the church is not the building. But the formal gathering of this body happens here on a Sunday morning where we have the opportunity to worship God and bless one another, Ephesians 5:19 says speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making music with your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in fear of Christ. Okay, so submitting to the leadership, but submitting to one another out of our fear, or a better description, is our awe and reverence of Jesus. So, if you're not united with this body, you cannot claim to be part of this body. And and unity in the body means that you are doing your bit as a member of the body. Okay, you are using your gifts to help the body function. You're helping it to grow into spiritual maturity together for the glory of Jesus. Amen? Romans 12 and 6 says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If you think that you are a foot, okay, what that picture of members, okay, members are the body parts that make up the body. If you think that you are a foot, but your only desire is to be tickled, okay, I just want to be tickled, or, or you're the hand that just wants to do the tickling, you know, come on, it, because it's fun and it's entertaining, or you want to be the mouth that does the hysterical laughter uh, for all to hear and enjoy. Or, or maybe you're a bit quieter and you want, you want to be the ear that is, is whispered sweet nothings because it feels good. Then, then I've got to say out of my love for you, you are very spiritually sick and possibly even spiritually dead. It would be my absolute pleasure, and I say this on behalf of my brothers in the eldership, it would be our absolute pleasure to give an account for the member that comes to us and says, hey, I'm still trying to work this out, but I am all in. Or a better picture is, If if a member comes to us and says, I think I'm a hand, can you show me the plough that I may grab hold and work hard with suffering for the gospel? And the feet come forward and say, I want to take those hands to the plough and work hard with them for the surpassing beauty of Christ. And the eyes say, I want to guide the hands and the feet. And the mouth says, I want to herald the good news of Jesus with you. That's who it is. That's who the church is. Unity in the body of Christ is created in Christ. Unity in the body is hinged off our identity in Christ... Or better still, unity is built upon the foundation of our identity in Christ. Jesus died for you so that you are his church. He didn't die so that you can be, or could be, or should be his church. He died so that you are his church. So don't take that lightly. Christ's body, the church, is a blood bought privilege to be a member of. <clears throat> Jesus humbled himself. He, he stepped down from the glory of heaven and became fully man, yet remaining fully God. And for the glory of the Father, He went to the cross and He died a criminal's death. For what reason? So that those who are in Christ know with assurance and experience the joy of knowing that we are called children of God. Amen? Romans 8.17 says... And if children, because it gets better than this, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him so that we may also be glorified with Him. The greatest miracle I believe that we will ever witness in our lifetimes is that when God, through the work of the Holy Spirit, Would open the eyes of the spiritually blind, that they would see their sin for the first time and repent. That they would turn and run with joy from the sin that has kept them captive and separated from God. What a gift Jesus is to humanity! What a precious treasure He is to those who believe. Our unity is in Christ, okay? In Christ, we have an inheritance. We inherit all things together, so don't treat the church lightly. Don't trivialise the local church, okay? Don't don't reject, don't poo-hoo our attempts for partnership because you're just comfortable and content with self. Self that says, I don't really need to belong. I don't, I don't actually want to have a say in church discipline. Um, I, I don't want to be responsible for affirming new elders or affirming the eldership in this church. Because that is another function of our partners. Ultimately, that attitude says, I don't want to be led. I don't need to show up consistently. You know, I might make an appearance every three to four weeks and I'll just come and I'll go as I please. If that's you, if that is your, and I want to be clear, if that is your attitude, okay, it's not maybe in ignorance, that's where you're at, but if that is your genuine attitude and desire, well, well my prayer for you is that the Lord would allow you to see your pride, your self-made reliance your self-efforts, and that the Lord would soften your heart to the biblical reality that if you are in Christ, well, you must be united as a member of the local body, which is an expression of the universal church. As elders, our desire is that our model for partnership would simply be a reflection of your calling to be a member of this local body. And if it's not this body, make it another one. Go to another church that you agree with and can partner with them. If you're new here, if you've been coming for a little while, and you're wanting to call this church your home, well, we will joyfully invite you to plug in, okay, become a part of this body, become partners with us for the sake of the gospel. And if you're only here for a year, so be it. But while you're here, partner, serve, use the gifts God has given you. And if you move on from here, you will simply go from serving this body to serving another body for the sake of the gospel. It it is our joy for those that partner with, with us. It is our joy to serve with those that are passionate about the gospel, that are passionate about counting the cost of serving Jesus. We want to say as elders, we want to share in the joy that Paul shares to the Philippian church. In Philippians chapter 1, he says, I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy for all of you in my every prayer because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Let me pray. Father God... It is the work of the Holy Spirit that that allows us to see our sin. Lord, would you reveal the sin in our lives that would prevent us from partnering, from, from being the member that you require us to be. Lord, help us to explore whether we are a hand or a foot, Lord, show us in what way we can serve one another for your glory and for the building of your body that we can all together grow into a maturity in Christ. For the glory of the Father, Lord, we want to come before you humbly to seek your face, to seek your will, and turn it towards you, Lord Jesus. In your precious name, amen.